Okay, thank you, Theo, so much for this wonderful intro. And all of you who are watching at home, welcome to our service. It is so good to see you that you have tuned in. We are a church, we are a family, and I cannot wait to get into the Word of God this morning. Amen. We were going to continue talking about the series that I have started, where we are talking about the God that we worship. Now, why is it so important that we really know who God is? Because we are called to be representatives of Jesus Christ, right? We talked about it last week. Our purpose in life is not found in, in, in riches, in fame, and power. Our purpose is found in Jesus Christ. And you and I, we are representatives of God to the people around us. So we have to have a clear understanding who God is so that we can represent him to the people around us to the fullest. Today we're going to talk about the God of miracles. The God of miracles. And I want you to know if you are going through a difficult situation in your life, it doesn't matter if it has anything to do with the COVID situation or it has to do with something in your body. You went to the doctor, you got a bad report or it has maybe to do with your children or maybe it has to do with uh, your spouse or whatever it might be. I want you to know that God is still working in miraculous ways. Amen. So I believe that he wants to show up in our life even doing the impossible. Come on, turn to your neighbor. It doesn't have to be your spouse. Turn to your neighbor and say, God does the impossible. Yes, God is still doing the impossible because with him, the impossible becomes possible. Amen. Today we're going to go into a scripture found in Matthew 8, verses 5 through 13. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those around him, following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and west and will take their place at a feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subject in the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it, done, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Now, this is a wonderful story because we understand that the Romans and the Jews did not get along very well. The Romans were occupying 
Israel. And yet when the centurion came and asked Jesus for help, Jesus responded to him, regardless of who he was, regardless of where he came from, regardless of what culture he came from. And that gives us hope that no matter what is going on in our life right now, Jesus will still respond. God will still respond to our prayer. But the first thing that we can learn from the story is, is that we have to find Jesus. We have to find Jesus. Look what it says at verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. The centurion knew where to go. Come on. We have to give him that. I mean, I know that he was uh, probably an ambitious guy. Thinking about it, I, I like to read with my imagination. Remember, I said I like to read the Bible with my imagination. So I would like to think that he enlisted into Roman army just as a foot soldier. And then he was so eager, he was so passionate, he was so dedicated that he started to climb the ranks and that he finally became the centurion. And so he was probably a man of purpose, a man of passion, a man of uh, dedication, a man who got things done but still he came to a point where he said you know what I have to find Jesus so he knew whom to turn to in times of trouble and I want you to know that if we are in a situation that is not going according to our plan that the doors of heaven are always open God is just waiting for us to come he is just waiting for us to come so that he can respond to us remember last week I talked talked about Moses. When Moses approached the bush, God immediately spoke through the bush to him. Now I said again with my imagination, I don't know how long Moses observed that bush burning before he finally decided I'm going to go see it. It could have been a few hours. They say, hey, by now the bush should have been burned up already. It might have been a few days where he always goes back, comes the next day and say, hey, that is weird. Just yesterday the bush was still burning. Or maybe it was even a few days, even more than that. We don't know, but we know as soon as he approached the bush, God spoke to him from the bush immediately. So I know no matter how long it takes for us to finally find Jesus, as soon as we come into his presence, he will respond to us. So I want to encourage you if there's something in us, in our hearts, in our minds that is that we are struggling with, don't wait any longer. Go and find the presence of God because as soon as we comes, he will respond to us. So this man came to Jesus because he knew there is something powerful waiting at the other side. And I want you to know our answer to our prayers are lying in the power of God. See, the power of God, that was probably two times ago when I preached or maybe even three times. I said everything, the power of God comes packaged in prayer. And now I know what you're about to think. You think like, oh my goodness, pastor, I you start talking about prayer again. And yes, you are absolutely right. I will talk about prayer again because I believe with all of my heart that the answers lie in prayer. See, the, the, the power of God is there, but it is dormant. And through prayer, we can access into the power of God and bring that power of God that is now dormant all around us into our life and that is how it will manifest 
in our life, in our situation, in our family, in the situation that we are asking God to change. See, it comes all down to prayer. And I want you to know that you can find God. If you just make up your mind that you will want to come to God, I know that he will be found. Amen. See, this one is a GoPro. Now, it's not sponsored. It is not commercial. It's not advertising for GoPro. But I got this GoPro actually because we went for youth camp a couple of years ago. And what I like about this GoPro is, one, it has voice activation. So I don't know if you can see it or not, but if I say, listen to the beep, then I say, GoPro, start recording. Now, this was the, the pictures taken in a row. But it is voice activated, so I can say GoPro start recording and it will start recording. I can say GoPro stop recording and it will stop recording. I can even say GoPro switch off, then it will switch off. But it is voice activated. Now, just think with me for a while. What if the miracle that you are believing for is on the other side of prayer? What if the miracle that you are asking God to do is just dormant because it is voice activated? So now the miracle is waiting for our prayer to be activated so that it come into power into our life. Now I know God is a whole lot more complicated than this. I know there's so much more to God than just a simple illustration like that. But just think about it. Our miracles might be voice activated and God is waiting for our prayer so that he can show himself mighty and powerful in our life. So what do we have to do? Come on, ask your neighbor. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking you to do a lot with your neighbor, right? Come on, ask your neighbor, what are you supposed to do? Now the husband is saying, supposed to take the trash out, <laughs> the rubbish out. No, what we are supposed to do is pray. We are supposed to find the presence of God because we have the assurance. If we draw closer to God, he will draw closer to us. So if we come to him, if we come closer to him, God is waiting for us already. The centurion knew, if I can only find Jesus, something can happen in my servant's life. And I want you to know, if you find Jesus, if you find God, you can experience something powerful in your life. How can we do that very practically? Through prayer. So I believe if we want to see miracles in our life, if we want to see the power of God in our life, we will need to pray more. Amen? Come on. We have a direct influence of how much we will see God move in our life. Because it is the prayers that we offer up to him. That activates the power of God and makes it manifest in our life. Come on. Amen. Okay. The second thing that we can learn is, is that the centurion was a humble man. He was humble. Verse 8 says, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But you just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, we have to understand the background a little bit. I, I touched it a little bit earlier already. Now, we know that the Romans and the Jews did not go along very well because the Romans in the Roman Empire were occupying the entire land of Israel. 
And so the Jews did not see eye to eye with the Romans. And in fact, there was a revolt brewing. Only about 30 to 40 years later, there was there would be the great Jewish revolt in 66, 67, up to after 70 AD, where Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed. But even at that time already, there was the conflict brewing because the Jews refused to take over the gods that the Romans tried to push on them. So there was always that conflict. So for a Roman centurion to come to a Jew and ask for help is a big deal. And he was not just an ordinary Roman soldier, he was a centurion. So for him to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need your help. My servant is very sick. It took him being humble to come to Jesus. And not only that, he did not only need to overcome a bride in order to approach Jesus, but he had to even say later on, I mean, he said, Jesus, I'm not even worthy that you come to my house. Now think about that. In those times, the Romans thought they were superior to the Jews because military-wise, they definitely were. And their empire was one of the biggest the world had ever seen. And yet this Roman centurion comes to Jesus saying, I need your help. But not only that, I am not even worthy for you to come to my house. Where other Romans would probably consider it an honor for the Jew to come to their house. See, there was different all around. The Roman soldier, the Roman centurion said, Jesus, I am not worthy of you because he understood a little bit more about Jesus. That's why Jesus was so astounded and said, I have never seen faith like this in anyone, not even among the Jews in Israel. See, God gave him a compliment. Jesus gave him a compliment. But here's the thing. He approached Jesus humbly. And he had to come to a point where he said, you know what? I probably tried everything that I could to help my servant. Come on. I said he was probably an ambitious man rising from the soldier all the way up to become a centurion. So he probably tried everything that he could to help his servant. But at the end of the day, nothing seemed to work. So he came to the conclusion, we have to find Jesus. And so he humbles himself and comes to Jesus. Now the reality is very often you and I, we try to come up with solution to our own problems in our own life. Come on, isn't that the truth? Yes, I believe it and I'm not against it. There would be nothing worse than somebody saying, you know what, I lost my job. I'm waiting for God to open the door, but then do nothing. No, if we don't have a job, if we don't know how to provide for our family, go and find a job. We have to become active, but with the right attitude. And then we pray, God, open the right door so that I can get the right job at the right time right now, what you have in store for me. But see, it takes for us to become active. Like the centurion said, I am going to find this man. I am going to find this Jesus. And he did. But he approached him humbly saying, you know what? What we tried before did not work. But Jesus, we put our hope, our trust and faith in you. 
And I want to encourage you this morning that we will do the same, that we come to God and that we say, God, maybe we have tried everything out of our own power already, but we are at the end of the road. We are at the end of our rope. We don't know what to do anymore, but I trust, I believe, I put my hope and faith in you that you can do something powerful in my life. And I want you to know that God will respond to a prayer like that, that we can come to him, that we can really approach him knowing that God is more than willing to come to really take us. Like I said, very often we try to come up with the solution to the problem ourselves. Let me suggest to you, next time you have a headache, instead of popping a Panadol right away, why don't we just pray and say, God, Take this headache away. God, please help me in this situation. And then give God five minutes, just five minutes. Just see if the headache will disappear or not. If not, by all means, I'm not against medicine. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against operation. I'm not against modern or traditional medicine. So if it still doesn't go away, by all means, then go and find something that will bring relief to your pain. But I am saying, give God a chance to do something in your life. Before we try to rush to, uh, to find a solution ourselves, give God the chance to make himself known in your life so that he can really do something powerful in your life. Before we try to come up with a solution, bring it to God in prayer. Because I believe God is just waiting to show himself real in your life. But very often I believe we don't give him the chance to really show up. So I want to encourage you. We have to first, like the centurion, find Jesus. And when we find them, we have to approach him humbly saying, God, I need your help. But there's the good news. We know that we have a good father, that he wants to help us, that he has good plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Amen. Come, we know the scripture in Jeremiah 29. God has good plans for you. He has good plans for me. Amen. And I know that God wants to show up. So give him the opportunity to really show up in your life powerfully. Amen. The third thing that we can learn from the centurion is, is that he understood authority. He understood authority. Verse 9 says, For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. The Roman centurion really understood authority because he was a man in authority. So like he said to Jesus, if I tell the soldiers to do something, he will do it. So he understood that there is an authority on Jesus. That's why he was able to say, you know what, you don't have to come to my house. You just speak one word and I know my servant back home will be healed. And Jesus, of course, was amazed at that faith. But here's the thing. He understood authority. And I want you to know that you are in a place of authority. 
Yes, you are. Maybe you don't feel like it. Maybe you don't feel like you, uh, you are at that place. But I want you to remind you, even Gideon, when, Jesus, when God came through the angel and found him hiding, he called him, you are a mighty valor. You are a mighty valor of God, a mighty man of God. He didn't feel like it, but God saw the potential in him. He saw the purpose in him. So I want you to know that you are in a place of authority. The Bible even says in John 14 verse 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now that is a powerful, powerful scripture. Not because it says, I will do whatever you ask. Sometimes we get caught up in that and say, you know what? Oh, God said, I can ask whatever. That means I can ask for a new house, for a new car, for a new spouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Husbands, again, look straight ahead. Don't you dare look at your wife right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know what? Sometimes we get so caught up and say, oh, but how can that be? Well, there's another scripture saying, James 4 verse 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. See, there is a thing, something like, uh, asking God, praying for the wrong motives. So it is not so much about where it says, ask whatever you want. And in fact, if you go into the original, the Greek original, the word, when it talks about ask whatever in my name, the original word is ona, onomati. Onomati, which means a name, character, fame, or reputation. So it actually says, if you, for whatever you ask in my name, in my character, in my reputation, that I will do so that the Father will be glorified. So Jesus did not say, you know what, you can ask whatever you want, but he said, ask in my name, ask for things that are in line with my reputation, in line with what I have been teaching you, in line with who I am and what I stand for. So it's not so much about we can ask whatever, but I want to focus on we can ask in his name. Because now when we go into that, it means that we have the power of attorney. The power of attorney basically means where there is a donor who gives authority to you. They transfer their authority to you and now you can represent them in a legal matter wherever they go. For instance, example, before I came to Malaysia, I went to my bank in Germany, giving them a letter and my approval, making my parents, my mom and my dad, the attorneys in my, uh, the, the power of attorney. So they represent me in all legal matters when it comes to banking. And in fact, I even gave them legal uh, right to do everything when it comes to government offices. Whenever it comes to anything legal, my parents are at home and they have the power of attorney, which means I gave them the right to represent me in front of a court, in front of the bank. So if they want to go in, take all the money that I have, which is not that much anyway, but they decide to go to the bank, take whatever they have a right to because they represent me to the bank. I transferred that power willingly to my parents. And that is what God did when he said, ask whatever you want in my name. 
So now we are not coming out of ourselves with our own power, with our own authority, but we are coming in the name of Jesus, representing Jesus. So if we are talking to sickness and we are saying, sickness, you have to go in the name of Jesus. The sickness doesn't see us, but it sees the power of God, Jesus in us. And it has to obey, not because of us, but because of who we stand for. If the enemy sees us now, he doesn't see us anymore, but he sees the power and authority of Jesus Christ himself in us. Amen. You know what? Just a few years back, Pastor David was preaching and I have to admit, I don't remember what he preached about. But one of the illustrations was a clip of a bear cub running away from a mountain lion. And so they were running away. There was a chasing. And then it came uh, where the mountain lion caught up with the bear cup, baby bear. And so there started to ensue in a fight. And all of a sudden, the, the mountain tiger, mountain lion got so scared and started to run away. And you thought, oh, it was because the baby bear, the bear cub was so good in fighting. But then the camera pans around and you see the big mother bear at the back. And, and what is it called? crawling that's why the mountain the mountain lion got scared not because of the bear the bear cub but because of the mama bear at the back and i believe that is a good picture when it comes to us we come to god and god doesn't only see us but he sees his son if we come to sickness disease to the enemy the enemy doesn't only see us but he sees the power of God in our life. Amen. And see, this is where it becomes so encouraging because we don't have to come out of our own power and authority. We don't have to come out of our own, but we are coming in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. So if I pray for you, I'm not just praying as Pastor Stephan. I am praying in the power of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that you have that same power in your life. Amen. Come on. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And now we have the power of attorney. We have the power to represent God. So when you start to pray, you are not just praying as yourself, but now you are starting to pray in the power and representing God in that matter. Come on. So now that also means that we cannot say, oh, you know what? I'm not very good in praying. As if there is such a good, as, 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 as if there is such a thing as being good in prayer or not. Maybe some people are a little bit more eloquent. Maybe some people know a little bit better how to put in words what they are feeling. But if you are able to bear your heart to a friend, you will be an awesome prayer warrior. Because that is what prayer is. We bear our heart before God. So I want you to know, I want to encourage you that you can come before God and you don't only represent yourself, but now the power of God, Jesus within you, gives you the authority to pray for those things. Amen. So don't disqualify yourself and say, you know what? I know God knows what is going on in my life. That's why, you know what? I don't really want to come and pray about it. How could God answer my prayer if this is still going on in my life? See, I want you to know if we go in the name of Jesus, we go in his name, in his reputation, we go in his image before God. God does not only see us, 
but he sees his son in us. And that's why our prayers can be so powerful. Come on, that should encourage us to say, you know what, I can start praying again. I can come to God again, bringing all these things before him because I know it is not just me, but it is the power within me, the authority that Jesus has given me that I can come before God now and he sees his son Jesus within him. That means my faults, my, my mistakes don't count at that moment. Because I am coming in the name of Jesus. Amen. The fourth thing that we can learn from the centurion is that his faith got Jesus' attention. His faith got Jesus' attention. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And the servant was healed at that very moment. Like I said earlier, I didn't mention it right here. But Jesus was impressed by the faith of the centurion that he even said even in Israel have I not seen anyone with such faith so I believe that faith gets the attention of God so when we come to God in prayer and we actually have faith that gets the attention of God now remember what did I say just previously that we are not coming out of our own, but that we are coming in the authority and representing Jesus Christ. So now when we come before God, we know it is not me that he looks at, but he sees the sun right behind me or right inside of me. So that can produce faith in me because that means, you know what, even though I am not perfect or even far from perfect, I know that God sees Jesus in me. And I know that God wants to now respond to my prayer because I come just like Jesus would come and God sees Jesus within me. And that makes my faith rise up in my heart. That gives me confidence that I can come to God knowing that my prayers can be answered that my prayers can be powerful that my prayers can actually accomplish something now with this one i want you to rise to your feet we're going to close this service in prayer father i thank you for each and every one who made it this morning and I ask that you will give us the confidence that we know that we are representing Jesus Christ. So when we speak against things, sickness or something in our life that is not right, we are not doing it out of ourselves. But whatever it is, seize the power and the authority of Jesus Christ within me. And that's why my prayers can be so powerful. And I ask that your people will receive the burden of prayer that they will feel the urge to rise up in prayer and really cover their families under your protection, that they come against anything that's trying to harm them because we know the power is within us. And whoever, whatever we are praying for, the power of Jesus is praying it through us. So I ask, Father God, that we will see your church rise up to a new place of new authority because we are praying more than ever before. And I know it's not because of me, but because of Jesus within me. So I ask that you will show up in our lives miraculously, that power can be demonstrated, miracles can happen to each and every one of us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now let's lift our hands to receive the blessing. May the Lord keep you and bless you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. 
May he lift up his countenance upon you, be gracious unto you. May he give you peace in all your homes. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you so much, guys. We love you. Stay connected with one another. Have a great week ahead. We love you. Okay, bye-bye.